everyone. Welcome to the December 2016 Tim Hayden Big Ideas for Small Business Podcast. We're glad you took a few minutes out of your busy schedule to join us today. I am honored to have one of my good friends, uh, Paul Foster, who is a principal with Foster Victor Wealth Advisors on our podcast today. Paul is a certified financial planner. Uh, he has been doing um, financial planning for the last 14 years. Uh, Paul's got two kids, Kendall and Luke, and he and I known each other for, God, seven oh, decades. Yeah. Probably, probably close to 10 years. Yeah, that's hard to believe. Yeah. So, Paul, we're glad to have you with us today. Thank you, Tim. I'm excited to be here. Yep. So, so hey, we're going to dive right in. So, the topic that we're going to talk about today is succession planning. And I know as a small business owner, man, and I talk about this, you know, in a lot of the podcasts that we do, we are so busy and we have so many different irons in the fire and responsibilities that some things just don't get done. Yeah. And one thing that I know that we're working on and, you know, we've worked with you some, Paul, is succession planning and how we have to be intentional. So I just want to ask you, first of all, what is succession planning in your mind? Um, it's actually having a plan down on paper for the future and what your exit strategy is going to be. If you ask most business owner, they've, they've, they've given it some thought. I mean, the average business, a business owner is going to say, yeah, I've, yeah, I've thought about it some, um, but, but they don't have it down on paper. So it's in their mind's eye as far as what they want to do. Um, but they, they don't, they don't truly have the details worked out and they kind of think it's going to take care of itself. But what it is, is, is effectively and efficiently passing, passing, a one small business down to either the next generation or a buyer, what is your exit strategy? That's the key question. Okay. No, that's good. Um, why is succession planning important? Um, if you're like most of our business owners, they've got a lot of people that they care about. Um, a number one is they, they've, they've got their family. They've got their spouse that they've got to take care of. They've got themselves. They've got their children. Well, oftentimes you've got family members in the business and then you've got the business itself. So whether you have 10 employees or you have 10,000 employees, uh, you're normally going to care a lot about those people and having an effective uh, plan in place, an efficient plan in place to actually pass the business on uh, means they're going to have longevity and have jobs and have things there for their family. So um, I just think it's a big deal just to go, okay, I've got a plan down on paper and I've got people that I care about that I've got to take care of this and I've got to actually have it written out and I've got to be detailed and I need to start thinking about it early rather than later. Meaning if I want to walk away at 65, I don't need to wait until I'm 64 to start planning. Okay. No, I think that's good. What, um, you know, I've got several other questions for you, but what happens like, you know, you gave an example, a lot of business owners, they have in their mind what they want to do. Yep. Don't have it written down. Yep. What if something happened? Have you had examples, you know, with doing financial planning that someone's had in their mind, something happens to them and they're not able to execute that? Yes. Yeah. So um, oftentimes um, there'll be a plan that you say, okay, it's going to go in this direction or that direction. And then you have things happen like you have people get sick or the business environment changes or the buyer backs out at the last minute. So you better have contingency plans in place. Uh, and you also better be able to step back and go, I need to actually look at this for what it is. So um, a big downfall is going to be somebody's pride. So you think your business is worth X. It's really worth Y. 
and coming to grips with that is a big, big deal. So um, I think in the end, being able to step back and go, I'm going to look at this objectively and put together a team of professionals to help me, that's going to help you absolutely effective in your exit strategy. Okay. But if some, but some, and if you don't have anything written down, yeah. sometimes, and if, let's say if it was me, if I didn't have anything written down, if I got killed in a car wreck on the way home today, yep. you know, my wife would, would take over our business and would inherit it. And then she would have to walk through it. Now she and I verbally have talked about a lot of things and we have a little bit down on paper, but not to the level that we need to. So this is something that we're working on as we speak right now. Yeah. But if something didn't unpack, what would happen? Cause I think it's yeah. important for people to know where it would happen today. And if it happened, if something happened to them today and moving forward, how they need to have this stuff documented because it is vitally important in my opinion. Well, you have two different cases. So you have the case of the guy who owns the business, who doesn't have a business partner on paper, and their spouse is going to take over. And oftentimes, that's that that's a very daunting, overwhelming thing for the spouse. And they they end up going, I've got all this to take on. I don't know what I'm doing. And they may overpay for someone to come in and help with the business. They may trust the wrong people. They may not know the ins and outs. And if we can have a plan that's actually written out, and what I mean by that is, is it's not just a financial planner like me. It's not just an attorney, not just a CPA, but you've got a team of advisors who know the plan along with your spouse. It makes things run so much more smoothly. Now, in our case, we have a business owner as a client whose business partner died of cancer two to three years ago, and everything had been written out. They had a buy-sell agreement in place. It was funded with insurance. And the business has continued on. They have about 25 employees and things are okay because they planned it out prior to him getting sick. They were, they were actually lucky in the sense of they had 15 or 18 months before he passed away to plan it. But honestly, sometimes these things happen suddenly and you don't have time to plan it. But the fact that they had planned beforehand and had it funded with insurance and actually had an agreement meant that the owner who was left behind running the business did not go into business with this person's spouse who knew nothing about the business. That's good. That's good. But like in, in me, I'm, I'm the sole owner of our yep. business. Yep. So if something happened to me, it would transfer to my wife and we've got a plan. Again, we're updating that, but that way that plan would, could be executed. So it is yeah. not important. If you didn't have that documented, then you would have to, the, the spouse would have to be bought out and someone yep. would have to pay for that, but have insurance is even a better idea. I, I actually like that. Well, Tim, think about it this way too. If something were to happen to you, if you were really key in the business and you know what it's worth and you know how to market it, probably the value of the business is going to decrease immediately from the time you pass away, unless you have things that are very turnkey. So something that you've done a good job of is, is I'm making sure you have enterprise value with your business and that if you step away, it still runs. Mm -hmm. So that's actually part of succession planning is just making sure you're not the dominant figure in the business and that it can run without you. So that's going to be true enterprise value. And that way your spouse, if they had a plan could actually step in and go, Hey, this thing still runs at a good level. So if they want to sell it, um, they could, if they don't want to sell it, honestly, they don't have to because it still runs and they can just kind of show up and manage it from afar. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. Hey, um, Hey Paul, my next question, who is responsible for succession planning? Um, ultimately, it is the business owner. So in my example, would be me. Exactly. Okay. So, um, if something happens to you, it's going to fall on Dawn's lap. She's going to be the one who's going to have to do it. 
So you want to make sure that you take that bull by the horn. Now, in a perfect world, you're going to have somebody lead that charge with you. Usually that's a good financial planner. So in our case, what we do is we have these round table meetings that we start with an attorney and get them involved. We use a tax attorney to help come up with the plan. And then once we're about three fourths of the way through, we'll bring in a CPA to help engineer the plan. But all the advisors need to be on the same page and all working towards that goal. So you're a young business owner, but even still, it's good for us to update this every year or two. Yeah, you're smiling right now because I said you're young. <laughs> That's right. I love it. Dawn, and Dawn says that all the time. So as long as she says that, we're good. So. Exactly. She, she's got the votes that count, my man. That's right. Yeah. And for people that may not know, Dawn is my wife. So we've been married for 25 years. She was seven when we got married. So yeah, that's exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Yep. All right. Uh, no, and I think that, I mean, ultimately you're right, Paul. I am responsible yep. for succession planning, but I think it's important for me to have a team of people around me that walk through that. So I think that is very important. And, and that would be a financial planner, a lawyer, a tax attorney, and a CPA. You agree with that? Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Anybody else besides that? I think you're going to have to pay for one more person, probably if you're doing really good planning and have a business valuation done, uh, that'll be a valuation specialist, or you could have a CPA do it. Usually if you have a valuation specialist do it, it'll be cheaper than if you use a CPA, not all the time, but most of the time. So you may want to go outside and go, is there a person who can value this business? Not me just picking a formula out of the air that you come in and actually look at the books and say it's worth X, Y, Z, so you at least have an idea of what it's worth. Okay. Now, and Paul, you know, when, when I bought my folks out in our business back in 2011, I had, we had an evaluation done, evaluation yep. done. So you know, we walked through that. Now, how long is evaluation valid for? Like we had that done in 2011 and it's 2016. You know? yep. Well, so think, think about it as a ballpark thing that you're trying to do in order to engineer their deal. So we've got one we're working on right now and he's got two people who are trying to buy him out. And I don't know what, that he's going to get a valuation done up front. Now, I think the buyers are going to want to get it done. He knows what he wants for the business. He thinks it's worth X. So the seller does not necessarily need it. It's actually the buyer. Okay. So the I mean, it's, it's good if you have a business partner to come in and say, okay, it's worth X. That's how you engineer the buy-sell agreement. In the end, though, if it's a willing seller and a willing buyer, if you can justify that price, you don't have to have a valuation done, but it makes it really, really clean if you have an outside expert come in and do that valuation. Okay. All right. That's good. All right. Hey, my next question, what are some challenges to effective succession planning? Okay. I mentioned this earlier. Um, probably the biggest one we see is pride. So you have your baby that your dad started or your grandfather started or you started and you built it up and it's your blood, sweat and tears. Um, everybody thinks that they're going to live forever. And they want to put it off another year because it's not fun to talk about dying and becoming disabled and retiring and all those things. But you have to have that succession plan in place to be able to do that. And so pride is just looking at it and going, it's worth X, Y, Z. I think it's worth this. Well, there are going to be some outside advisors who are going to come in and challenge you on that value and make sure you can back it up and that the open market will actually pay that. And then it's also kind of a reality check, Tim, because we find out that people go, well, it's worth $5 million and I can get somebody to pay me X over three or four years. And the deals usually don't work the way you thought they were going to work. And then you have family members who you thought would buy the business, but they don't want to come into the business and you think your son or daughter is going to come in, but they never do it. It's just a matter of stepping back and going, is this reality? 
I don't – I've challenged people over and over again um, asking the question, are you really going to get that value? Is that going to happen in terms of your financial plan? So you think you're going to get $5 million. So there was one we had a couple weeks ago where the guy's been telling me forever he's going to get $4 million. After we sat down and talked to the buyer, he's going to get about $2 million. So um, it's just important that you have a reality check and that most of the time, the number that you think your business is worth is not right. It's usually inflated. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now that, that, I mean, that's good to know. And again, one thing that, you know, if you're talking to business owners that have started a business, even though I didn't start our family owned business, I've worked here all my life. Yeah. That, that one thing that we have is we got sweat equity. We put in this thing for years and years and years. Exactly. Exactly. And while we think that has a value to the open market, it may not have near the value that what we think it is. It's like if you, if you sell an automobile or sell a home, exactly. we all think that our homes and automobiles are worth a lot more than what the open market is going to buy. Especially those lake houses. Especially those lake houses. That, that is exactly <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, especially the, the, uh, the, but you got a 40, Paul's got a house, I think it's 47,000 square feet. Um, do not believe a word this man is saying. <laughs> say right now. That's, that's a lie. Uh, we have had a lot of fun for many years. Yes, we um, have. Talking about homes and all. So, you know, but I think Paul and I both can say that we are very blessed to get to do what we get to do and have been for many years. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, you got any um, tips for success, successful succession planning? Yes. Start early. So I think a lot of people think they have to wait till their two years before they retire. So if you start in your forties or even your thirties, that's a good thing. So even if you're not looking to sell, if you want to make your business have more value, things need to be turnkey in terms of you need to have your processes written out and have things very clean in that sense. But you also want to have a succession plan. So if I'm a buyer, I'd love to come in and go, if something were to happen to me, if I bought the business, Okay, this is already in place, it still runs. So it actually makes the value of your business go up to have that succession plan. If you have a business partner, you absolutely need to have that down as well. So I have a, a young business and they're both 40 something year old guys and they're my clients and they have a verbal agreement that the other one is gonna take over the business if they pass away and just pay the spouse. Now that has so many holes in it, that is basically Swiss cheese. So you pass away and expect the other one to do double the work and still pay your spouse for the next 25 years. It just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. so things are cleaner if they're down on paper and everybody signed off on it. And we've all agreed upon a value in the way that things are going to work. It gets sloppy if we wait till after the fact, or we wait right up to the point. So um, if you can start early and just take care of things way on the front end, it makes them a lot easier. You know, Paul, let's say that um, you had a potential new client that called you out of the blue and said, Paul, hey, I need to work on my succession planning from the time of that first phone call mm -hmm. until you've got a document that has been signed, agreed upon. And all. Typically, how long is that process? If you're starting from scratch, um, this will be something where we bring you in and probably ask you 60 to 90 minutes worth of questions. Uh, you'd bring your articles of incorporation, any sort of legal documents that you already have. We'd go through those and make sure they're bulletproof. Um, and then from there, we'd probably uh, sit down with an attorney and make sure those documents are really, really solid. So we usually tweak them a little bit. Uh, there, is, there is usually a formula that's in there. If you have a business partner, that will, that will actually determine the value. It's usually wrong. So we have to go in and tweak that. 
and then just coming up with a narrative basically that says if something were to happen, here's a three-page document or a two-page document telling my spouse exactly what to do. Tim, mm -hmm. it can be as simple as having all of your advisors, their names, okay, and their phone numbers and all your assets and account and everything just really, really laid out correctly just to make it easier because it's already a stressful time for that person. So you have death and you have disability. Um, so those are the things we're going to start with. Then we're going to start with retirement planning. Okay, if you're 61 and you want to walk away at 70, so we've got nine years to plan, but it's setting the table before that. So generally our engagements, if we're starting from scratch, if we don't already know you, it's going to be four or five meetings. Okay. A notebook produced that's going to have a roadmap, have all the succession documents. Everything is going to be um, stored by us on our cloud. You're going to have access to that too, but you're also going to have a paper copy. And then by the third meeting, that's when we bring in other advisors. Usually it's a tax attorney. And then the next meeting, it's your CPA. So we can all get on the same page. Okay. But typically, but as far as length of time, if, yeah. if I call you today and you didn't know me, yeah. from the time we can have everything finished and a document, how long is that typically? Is that a year? No, is it no, no. It's, I mean, we can, we can do it in a rush in six or eight weeks, but generally speaking, it's going to be three to six months. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just curious, because uh, I think that, you know, one thing, and again, you know, with me wearing as many hats as I do, I think, uh, and I hope that our audience, the take, one of the takeaways is that it is vitally important to make sure that you have a succession plan that is documented, that you know that, and if you're, a, if you're like me and you're the sole owner of your company, that if something happened to me, my spouse can pull out that or my team of advisors who can pull that out and say, hey, here's what, now we need to go execute what we put in place five years ago or three years ago, whenever it may be. Yep. Right. Yep. And Tim, it can be as simple as if something were to happen to somebody like you, let's say you're a sole business owner that you would go. So there are three or four key employees in my business that I want to keep employed here. If something happens to me because they're the backbone, they're the management piece of what we have. And that's really, really important that you think things like that out. So the business can keep running and it doesn't put undue pressure on your spouse. Right. And I agree with that. I think it is important, you know, I mean, the worst thing that we can do if something happened to me is for Dawn to come in here and try to run our business. She doesn't have any idea. Exactly. You know, I mean, she and I talk about a lot of things, but there's, I can't tell her, you know, the, the, you know, the, the many years of experience that I've had and just working every day. So, you know, this is the interesting part. She knows a lot more about running that household too than you do. So she, she's, she, yeah, she's got her job. You got your job and you both do them really, really well. Yeah. No, and I, I agree. And I think, yeah, I think that's important. I think, um, you know, I know that, you know, you and I have been working together and I didn't say this on the front end, but you know, you, you've been our investment guy for God, five years or so now, yeah. you know, and, and we, and we're in the, we're in the season of life, you know, next year our first child's going to college. So, you know, and we talked about that. I Furman think Paladins. Furman Paladins. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> her, her final two choices right now are, um, are, uh, Furman, which is where Paul, Went many years ago. Was a great basketball player. Yeah, right. And it was, and uh, or or you know my alma mater, which is a uh, Clemson University. So you know, so we'll see which one she ends up at. So yeah. it's yeah. going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Hey, any other closing comments um, that you'd like to mention? I have. I've got one more question for you. Yeah. No. Um. Start early again. I know I said that before, but start early. Don't be prideful about this. Uh, be coachable and kind of see it for what it is, meaning that you, that you just want to make sure that you don't have one reality and you wait to the very end to start succession planning and there's not a willing buyer and you put all your eggs in one basket. So you didn't do any savings. 
everything's in the business and you thought it was worth X, but it was worth Y and that will sink a financial plan. Yeah. And I think, I think that's really good. Um, one last quick question, you know, um, our, our business is a C corporation. And when we were incorporated in 1975, that was the thing to do. A lot of companies now are S corps or LLCs. And I know that like, you know, at some point if we, you know, and I have no desire, but if we, if, if something happened to me and down the road, if Donald decides you want to sell our business, um, if that happened, um, with us being a C corp, we would have double, we would have to pay double tax. That's right. The corporation had to pay tax and whatever we don't receive that, that she would have to pay personal tax on that. Yep. Anything that you'd like to discuss about that, that may, may, may hit a hot button for one of our listeners. No. Um, well, I'd say this to you. Uh, almost all of our clients are S corporations, so they're flow through entities. It's clean because you kind of empty out the balance sheet every year, mm-hmm. sell it. It's going to be long-term capital gains. That's a better question for a CPA, but in terms of being clean to sell a business, it is a lot better to be an S corp and be a flow through entity. Okay. Okay. You know, just, just curious. I know we, you know, we've had some conversations here. Yeah. What's, what's best. And again, when we were incorporated many years ago, that was the best thing to do back then. So, anyway. yeah. Well, hey, Paul, thank you for your time today. I, we appreciate your expertise, and hopefully this can help some people as they, as they think and go through a succession plan. Thank you, buddy. It's an honor to be on here. Thanks for having me. That's good. All right. Take care. God bless everyone.